It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor for Yankees Magazine. Joining me right now from his office in the Bronx, we have our editor-in-chief, Al Sanasiri. Al, how you doing? Hi, John. I'm doing good. Awesome. Well, uh, I wouldn't be the very first, or maybe not the very first, but one of the first to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. This is a, always a great time of year, and I think it's always a fun time to do what we do every year, which is talk about some things we're thankful for. What do you say? Same to you, and I think this is the first time I'm participating in this, so I'm I'm, I'm thankful for that and looking forward to it. Look, I mean, it's one of those weird things about baseball, and, may, and maybe it does need some time. Obviously, at this point, we're, what, three weeks from the end of the World Series. We're about four weeks from the end of the Yankees season, and I'm not going to tell jokes. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to make things up, obviously. Yankees fans were annoyed with the way the season ended, and y- you get it, uh, whatever. But I think once you get to spend some time kind of moving on a little bit, it's really important to find the joys and the pleasures and the successes that are inherent in any season because it's such a long season. And if the only thing, look, I'm a broken record on this, if the only thing that you're going to dwell on for the entire offseason is the last game or the last four games, whatever you want to say, it, it just it, it nullifies everything that you put yourself through for six plus months. And that seems like a rough way to live life. So I, I do think it's important. And I think that's why I love doing this, just to be able to look back and say, what went right? And what was good? And I'm excited to get started. I don't, I don't know how you feel. Well, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, uh, I, I will also sound like a broken record. I've said this for years. Of course, Working for the Yankees, you want to win the World Series. You want to be part of that championship. Having been part of one as a publications guy in 2009, you know, that was the ultimate. It was great. It was fantastic. But it's not going to happen often in any walk of life. I mean, as, as the most successful franchise in sports, the Yankees have won 27, but they've also not won it on a heck of a lot more years than 27. That's life. That's sports. There's, you know, 30 other teams trying to do the same thing. And, you know, that's just how it goes. I couldn't agree with you more. And and, and it's a microcosm really for anything in life. Like you can't, everything isn't going to be perfect. Everything isn't going to go exactly right. But within that process, there's a lot of things to celebrate, a lot of things that go right. And most people don't, honestly, like most fans Members of the media, it's it's something that is swept under the rug unless the team wins the World Series. And I'm not criticizing 
uh, our fans, the media that covers the Yankees or that covers the sport on a glo- on a national level. But there is a lot more to it. Sometimes that all takes a back seat until the following spring when things are kind of ramping up and you're talking about the pieces you have in place. To your point, why not celebrate some of those things now? Because it was a great year, even though it uh, it didn't yield the ultimate accomplishment. So tiny bit of housekeeping before we get started going through our draft of things that we're grateful for, things that we're thankful for. First things first, obviously, this time of year, I know everyone has uh, got their hand out trying to get money from you, trying to get you to buy their thing. So uh, let, let us join you, all those people, because uh, obviously, day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, like everyone else, is when we start our big sale offers, and we'll talk about it at the end of the episode, but we got a great one this year, as always. So if you're going to subscribe to Yankees Magazine, let me tell you, come Friday, that that's the time to do it. We'll make it worth your while. That is the first thing. And and beyond that, obviously, you know we're, we're moving into that time of year when either there's going to be no news or there's going to be so much news that you're not going to be able to handle it. And I wish I could rub a crystal ball right now and tell you which one it's going to be, but I have no idea. One thing I will say, though, is we will continue to come at you every two weeks in the uh, off season, like we like we always do. We will get you through to the new year. We'll start come January 1st. We'll get right back on the horse then trying to really talk about 2023 and what we know at that point. Certainly, you have to imagine by the new year, we should know more about what this roster is going to look like. But like I said, nothing changes there. One thing, of course, we are not going to do as we say everything that we're thankful for, continuing to abide by the rules of the Yankees Magazine podcast offseason. We are not going to speculate. We are not going to pretend we know anything. We are not going to do anything that uh, is outside of our charter, if you will. If you, if you want to listen to podcasts about you know who's going where, who's signing where and why, there are certainly other options for you. This ain't it. But uh, so uh, I'm thankful if you're still listening uh, that maybe that's my first pick. But but in reality, Al, why don't you start us off? Let's go. We're talking about the whole 2022 season. So much that happened so much before the Houston series. I know I'm thankful for a lot of things. Al, what is your first pick on what you are thankful for? I'm going to surprise you, John, and and our audience here, too. I'm going to go with Jose Trevino. And why I say that is I had an opportunity to sit down with him and uh, interview him for a Q&A piece in May uh, for our June issue. And why I'm thankful is because he was an inspiration. He was an inspiration to me. He was an inspiration to, I think, the baseball world, so many of our fans. I got to know him a little bit and absolutely was, again, inspired by his story, by his journey, by the way that he... um persevered uh from high school to college through the minor leagues uh you know during which time you know his career could have easily ended on so many occasions because he was just kind of scratching and clawing to stay in the texas rangers organization he was rewarded uh by getting called up to the big leagues he was then rewarded uh, kind of on a on a bigger level uh by coming to the yankees and um i you know the other thing that really touched me uh, is the relationship that he had with his father, who unfortunately is not with us anymore. It passed away, you know, prior to him coming to the Yankees. It was his father's uh, passion uh, that he shared with with his son, which was the Yankees. Um, and he did a lot of great things this year. And in doing all of those things and kind of realizing this amazing dream, his father's spirit was always with him. Yeah, it just kind of was inspiring to me and 
you know, kind of gave me some faith that, you know, even the people who aren't physically here with us are still with us. And he proved it over and over and over his belief in, in that faith in, and, and also his belief in himself. It was inspirational. I'm thankful to know him a little bit, <laughs> but I'm really thankful that he's part of this organization and that I get to watch him. It's a great pick. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. And my first pick is going to be very similar because my first pick is Matt Carpenter. And a lot of the things that you just said are the exact same things that I would say. But it, beyond that, beyond Carpenter being just a great dude, beyond him being clearly an inspiration in that clubhouse, beyond him being just a story that's so easy to root for of a guy who, by all accounts, was washed up and done and just wanted one more chance, one more chance. I'll load, I'll, I'll load the, the bags on the plane. Just give me a chance, whatever. Um, Beyond all that, he, he just he played such a huge role when this team needed it so much. And he was fun to watch. He was exciting to watch. It was a thrill. So that that's obviously something that was great to watch. But beyond that, yeah, am I carrying water for the Yankees and for the front office when I say this? Fine. Accuse me of whatever you want. Maybe you're right. But obviously, every Yankees fan, every baseball fan has the right to yell and scream and complain when things don't go right or when they don't like moves that are made or when the right moves aren't made. And are are there things that the Yankees and that Brian Cashman did that didn't work this year? Of course. Are there players they didn't get this year? Of course. I, I mean, so, and like you said, Al, 29 other teams are saying the same thing. But it's so easy to criticize and it's so easy to look at every one of those things that you want and to say, I want it all. I want to be, you know, the kids at in uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, you know, just give me everything. But that same person that you're criticizing in that moment for any one individual thing that didn't go perfectly, you're allowed to do that. I'm not going to stop you. But you then have to turn around and say, but Jose Trevino, but Matt Carpenter, all these things, you know, because if those moves don't happen, if the Yankees don't have Jose Trevino this season, if the Yankees don't have Matt Carpenter this season, then what are we even talking about? So I'm not going to tell Yankees fans, you're not allowed to complain. You're not allowed to be upset. All that stuff. You're fans. You're allowed to do whatever you want. That's the rule. You pay your money. You give the Yankees your time. You're allowed to complain as much as you want. I just hope that you'll see the whole board and, and you'll, you know, you'll know that for every criticism you want to levy, which is fair, that's your right. Understand the other side of that too. And that, that front office that you always want doing more and that you always want, you know, finding that extra piece. Fine. But remember to credit them when they do. And you want to talk about Jose Trevino. You want to talk about Matt Carpenter. That is as big a story of 2022 as Aaron Judge, in my opinion. So I think we started on the same page, Al. But uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I think I, th I think those are two good first picks. W what's your second pick <laughs> over there then? Uh, my second pick is, again, I'll, I'll take the sentimental route again a little differently here. But I'm going to go with Giancarlo Stanton's performance. Uh, in the 2022 All-Star Game in Los Angeles. Um, why it's sentimental, I say, is uh, I was there with my family, with my wife and my son, but also covering all the festivities for our, our cover story in August. And it's so special to be, it was so special to be at an All-Star Game at Dodger Stadium, especially for somebody like me who had never even been to Dodger Stadium before. What a cool thing. And then... For one of our players, and granted, there were a lot of our players in the game, but for one of our players to hit a game-tying home run and really give the American League, you know, a chance to win the game and then be named MVP, 
that was just really cool to see. And then it's kind of to take it a step further for it to make for such a great story because he's Giancarlo Stanton's from LA went to Dodger stadium with his dad as a kid, hit a home run into the left field seats where he actually sat with his dad when he was a kid. What a cool story. What a great story. What a great opportunity for me to write that story. I think I, I bragged a little bit. I was the last person to interview him before the game on the field. He didn't make any kind of prediction like that, but he did talk about how much it meant to be in that game and how much it would mean if he did something special. Well, he did something spectacular. So thankful to him for being so great that night because no matter, again, what happened this season can never take that away. It was an awesome, awesome experience. It's funny because it's going to sound like we planned this stuff out, but I'm not that anyone's seen this. I'm, I'm holding up my list right now so you can see the order I'm going in because my second pick is also Giancarlo Stanton, and it's Giancarlo <laughs> Stanton's Grand Slam in the game where Aaron Judge hit number 60. Look, I mean, I, I should say off the bat, I think we both kind of made a gentleman's agreement that the thing we were going to be thankful for wasn't going to be Aaron Judge because that would be a little too easy. Look, we're all thankful <laughs> for Aaron Judge. Don't right. get me wrong here. But uh, let's find some context there. That Giancarlo Stanton Grand Slam is one of my favorite baseball moments ever. And the reason I say this is because the whole season, it was so much fun and so exciting and thrilling and odd watching as Judge was pursuing this incredible number. And then you have this game where, I mean, the game is terrible. <laughs> it was just everything was so bad about that game. But he comes up in the bottom of the ninth, leads off and hits 60. And it's miraculous. But at the same time, it was just such a dead night. And and I, I wasn't there. I was at home. I'm watching in my bedroom. And I looked at my wife. And I'm just thinking, like, it's just a bummer that this is on such a forgettable night. And you could see, and Michael Kay was talking about on the TV broadcast, that he wanted nothing to do with that curtain call. You know, that he was he found it so awkward. The team's losing 4-1. to one. And, look, as it turned out, every win was important down the stretch, even though it didn't end up being as close as it seemed like it might have for a little bit there. You know, wins were important for the Yankees. But beyond just that win, you know, four batters later when Stanton hits that grand slam, there was just this sense that, like, the person who got to celebrate, it wasn't his walk-off grand slam, but it was Aaron Judge's night, in a sense. And he got to have his night. He got to have his enjoyment. And I don't know, it, it, who knew at the time that that was going to be, you know, his last one in New York on the season. And, and that's a bummer, certainly, that 61 or 62 and more, whatever, didn't happen in the Bronx. But for that to happen the way it did and just for Giancarlo to be able to turn that night around like he did to make for, on the one hand, an incredible night for Yankees fans, but just to really make that night for Aaron judge that much more special. I just found that to be one of the coolest moments I've ever watched in baseball. That's a great moment. And and you're right. It such a narrative changing type of moment, because from now till forever, we'll always remember that Aaron judge hit his 60th home run at Yankee stadium in a great game and a great win. And, you know, I was there for 60. I was there for 61 in Toronto. And I think 60 is still more special because it tied Babe Ruth. And I, I said all season and on this podcast, like, I hope he hits 62 home runs. I hope he eclipses Roger Maris uh, as much as I love and respect Roger Maris. Um, you know, I hope he, I, I hoped that he would eclipse him because I wasn't around when Roger Maris did it selfishly. Um but 60 is still so special because there's been so many guys who've hit, um, it, it, you know, 
a, a number in the 50s. There's so few that have hit 60 or eclipsed it, especially, you know, in a controversial free era. And I think that's what's, you know, what's important and really special. special. So with no further ado, I have to do the obvious here, John, and I'm going to go with Aaron Judge. <laughs> I, I can't not. I mean, you know, it's I kind of feel like we're at one point, you know, we're kind of burying the lead a little bit. Um, but I'll just say it, you know, to be here, to be able to witness such a spectacular accomplishment, somebody hitting 62 home runs, an American League record. Um, it, it was special. It'll always be special to me. The memories that I have of this year. I don't know how many of the 62 I saw in person. I know some of them I did, and I know some of them I didn't. But uh, covering the team, covering him, getting to know him, being around it, I think about how special of an of, a, of an experience it was for the people when you read in history books, literally, about people who were around when Babe Ruth hit his 60th or Roger Maris hit his 61st. We're now part of that history, and I'm thankful to Aaron Judge for that for the perseverance that he showed because it sure as hell wasn't easy. Um, I'm sure. Uh, but it was uh, really an unforgettable, memorable career highlight for me. And I'm just a guy who, you know, is an editor of the team publication and wrote a bunch of stories about him over his career and knows him a little bit. And, and just having that type of, uh, I don't even know what you would call it. Seat to watch that uh, is something I'll, I'll cherish forever and always be grateful for. Well, so, so much for our gentleman's agreement, I guess. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, since you're going off my board there, I'm actually going to go a, a little bit rogue here too. Uh, my, the third thing I'm thankful for this year is agency and perspective, by which I mean, I am really happy that our Lord creator, science, whatever you want to say in terms of how you believe this have happened, gave us the right not to care about certain things. Because let me tell you what a joy it was not to care about the MVP race this season. Look, it's great that Aaron Judge won it. Certainly it's great for my employers. It's great for Aaron Judge. But I can't I can promise you I didn't spend a single second during the season getting involved in any kind of Twitter debate or any fight with anyone or any conversation about whether it should be Aaron Judge or Shohei Otani. I can promise you that when people were having these really annoying radio talk call-in show fights about what Aaron Judge's record is and what the actual home run record is and yada, 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 and what's a legitimate home run record or not, I can't tell you how wonderful it was to simply not care. I am very grateful for the ability to choose what I care about. And there are certain things that I have to care about professionally. There are certain things that I have to care about familiarly. I understand that. I do my best to fulfill all of those obligations. But when it boils down to it, Aaron Judge won the MVP. That's really good for the Yankees. That's really, really good for Aaron Judge. Doesn't affect me one way or the other. And it was wonderful to simply hear that conversation all season and not care about it. I lost no sleep over these baseball fights this year. I will lose no sleep over baseball fights next year. For any fans who maybe think that their blood pressure got a little too high and maybe they wonder why, yeah, try it. I'm doing it right now. Just don't care. And it's an amazing, amazing thing. And I recommend everyone give it a try sometime. Fair enough. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll add my two cents uh, to that, which is, you know, as somebody who has worked for this organization my entire adult life, pretty much, almost, and rooted for the organization for all the years of my life up to that point, 
I do have a sense of pride in the fact that uh, there are three guys whose home run single season home run accomplishments are in no way, shape, or form disputed, or uh, you know have any type of drawback associated with them. I should say potential drawback, and they're all New York Yankees: Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, and Aaron Judge. It's a pretty cool thing. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying how you should judge anyone else who's eclipsed 60 home runs or whatever. To your point, I think, and that's up to to everybody else, whether they care or not care. And I'm also very happy for you, John, that you got such good sleep this year. Me too. That's great. Me too. I, 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 I recommend everyone uh, you try You look great. It. Thank you. I, I, I can, you really look great. I can promise you there is not a single thing in my life that would be different. If Shohei Otani were the AL MVP this year, didn't happen. It's Aaron Judge. I think Aaron Judge deserves it. If I had a vote, I would have voted for Aaron Judge. But man, was it fun not caring during the year. Anyhow, that's perspective for you. Al, what's number four for you? Number four is Nestor Cortez, who, again, not only helped pave the way for our team's uh, American League East Division Championship, which is a which is a cool great accomplishment, but just the way he did it was just so much fun to watch. And again, similar to what I said about Jose Trevino, equally as inspiring. Um, just somebody whose career could have e- easily gone the other way and ended. Um, but again, somebody who persevered, who was released, I believe, by three teams prior to coming back to the Yankees. I know this because I just wrote his bio for the 2023 yearbook. <laughs> but, you know, somebody who was inspiring, somebody who really believed in himself. I think about Aaron Boone telling him before the season, you're going to be an all-star. And uh, him believing his manager when he said that. And and just kind of the the lesson that that I took from it was if you have confidence in yourself, really anything is possible. And I think that confidence grew over time leading into this year and what was different about him this year. Like, I think he was just as good of a pitcher probably two years ago, but what he had this year was, you know, a little wind behind his sails, a little confidence or a lot of confidence maybe. And he was able to do it. And I just think that's really cool. Somebody who also, you know, I, prior to my, my life with the Yankees, I worked for the Miami dolphins. I lived in Miami lakes, spent a lot of nights in Hialeah, uh, which was about a mile from where I lived. And of course that's Nestor's beloved hometown. Um, you know, kid. I was the high is the Hialeah kid. I mean, my time in Hialeah was usually spent at Flanagan's getting some ribs and a couple cold beers, but uh, it's a really cool town. It's really cool to, to see that connection that he has to it. Another one of our, our great friends, John Bucky Dent, uh, another Hialeah kid who, went to the same high school as, as Nestor, just a really cool story, a really neat connection and looking forward to doing more with him, uh, in the future. But, uh, very thankful to have have been around him and been able to watch his story and his journey. Al, I think we're still kind of, we're, we're, we're tracking here still because my fourth pick is another pitcher. It's Luis Severino. And what I love about Luis Severino is, Almost every part of the story that made Nestor Cortez so great this year 
is the opposite of Severino. Severino was an established superstar. He was a guy who had done it. He was a guy who had proven it. And yet, almost from the exact moment when he signed that deal with the Yankees, which he deserved, my God, like he, he had earned that contract, just things went so wrong for him to the point that, you know, Tommy John surgery and, and everything like that. And it was exciting last year toward the end of the year when he came back and looked really, really good, but never got stretched out enough to the point where he could have been useful in that wild card game. Uh, yeah. You know, you you wondered if maybe there was a chance for him to be a guy who could throw a couple innings, what he could have done maybe to change some things around in that wild card game last year. But then to watch him this year and just I, I can't say it any simpler than just for him to look like Luis Severino again. There's so much joy. There's so much excitement in the way he pitches. I love the scream on the mound after the big strikeout. You see it from him a lot. You know, he, he – I started with the Yankees in 2014, and, and, and there's a lot of players who are gone now from this team who who still hold a really important place in my you know picture of what it's like to work for this team. Obviously, in this one one guy that I, you know, Gary Sanchez. Look, he's not the most popular person with some Yankees fans, but he was a big part of my Yankees life in a sense. And you know, we were there for the beginning of Aaron Judge. We were there for all these things that have been you know really special about th- this era of the Yankees and Severino is just a huge part of that. And to watch him this year, looking like himself to watch him be a really important pitcher in the postseason again, it, w- it was really a, a very special thing for me. I know it was special for him. I, I, I really, I have found over my time covering this team that it's been a very good and easy clubhouse to work with, with a, a lot of really impressive and good people in there and very close to the top of the list for me will always be Luis Severino. And I am very, very excited to have seen what he did this year and to see what he can do moving forward. Well said. Couldn't agree with you more. Al, fifth and final, what do you got? What What is the last thing? You're, you're, you're not allowed to be thankful for anything else this year other than this one thing you pick here, so make it good. <laughs> well, you know, this is uh, it's going to sound um, – maybe I'm too much of a, of a homer here, but I'm going to go with – the Yankees front office, starting with Hal Steinbrenner. And the reason I say that is because no matter what the end result is, he has continued the type of commitment that his father had to building a competitive team every year. It's not his fault if we don't win the World Series. Just like you said, it's not Brian Cashman's fault. You can't get it all right. But his commitment to doing everything he has to do to make it happen even when we don't win it, every single day that we come into this building and watch this team play, this team has been relevant. I can say that for 20 years, and the 20 years span George Steinbrenner and obviously now um, his children, and, and at the top of you know of our you know organizational chart is Hal Steinbrenner. Um, but we're always relevant, and we're always in it. And sometimes I think. It's very easy when you go a couple years, it's been a little bit longer than anybody would have wanted, I guess, without winning a championship to kind of lose sight of that and just be like you said earlier, John, disappointed in the end result. But that in and of itself is not only a major accomplishment, but it's a, it's just an amazing sign of commitment, not only to the people who work here, but also to the fan base. And I, I just think it, it starts there. And obviously when I say the front office, I mean, Hal, I mean, Randy Levine, Lon Trost, who 
in my life is a is an in, incredible influence and um Brian Cashman for the way that he's he's worked tirelessly um and so on and so forth you know down the line but that's my last one I think it's a fair pick like I said for all the reasons I said earlier god you know I I I don't know. Maybe people are going to get really annoyed that you said that out because it, it, it's just the it's way fine. it's the way the world works. But I think your point is well taken. I really do. And and I think as I have alluded to on a recent episode here, you know, there's a lot of uh, college football fans and things like that who, you know, love to say that everything's unacceptable and they need to have wholesale changes made. And then they make those wholesale changes and that nine and three team that was really good becomes a three and nine team. And you realize, you know what? Nine and three wasn't that bad. Nine and three, a couple things go right with nine and three and you're 12 and oh, and that's pretty great. But three and nine is pretty terrible. And look, I'm not saying every it's, it's an exact comp, but I think you nailed it on the head out with one specific comment there, which was the relevance comment, because that I don't think people should ever take for granted because you're right. There has not been a day since I've started working here and I haven't worked here nearly as long as you have, Al, where, again, teams win and lose on the field, teams win and lose in the free agent market, teams teams win and lose in trades. But there has never been a moment when you looked at what the Yankees were doing and said, this team's just in it to coast by and you know, whatever, whatever happens, happens. And so, and so I think that pointing out relevance like that, you know, you're dead on now. Thank you. And, you know, I'll add one other thing and I hate to sound defensive um, in any <laughs> conversation that I embark on and, and I might sound defensive here and I guess I can't help it, but all I'll say to anyone who might find uh, it easy to criticize as an employee of the Yankees that I'm defending Hal Steinbrenner so vehemently or Brian Cashman. The only thing I'll say again, to have some perspective is um, they, their jobs are public. Their jobs are so easy to scrutinize because everybody knows what they're doing. And I can only say that for those who criticize the mistakes that they make, I just can only assume that in their jobs, they never make any mistakes and I say that sarcastically, but there's a point to it. And, um, you know, the difference between Hal or Brian or or anybody, Lon, and the people who are criticizing them in, in a lot of ways is that they're not perfect in their jobs, but no one knows it. So give these guys some credit. Uh, I certainly do. And not just because I work here. It's easy for me to say it, and and it sounds contrived and defensive and all that stuff, but I, I actually really do mean it for what it's worth. And I think that's fair, and I'm going to close out my list of things to be thankful for. I don't know if this is, again, the same track or it might be the exact opposite one, so bear with me, but I'm going right to the fans. And I spent a lot of time on this podcast and on other podcasts kind of poking fun at and you know just talking right there about fans being irrational and maybe fans caring too much about some of the wrong things and whatever but the reason that any of this happens is because of the fans and i think that we've always said that and i think we've always known that but i don't think we really understood it until 2020 and as we get farther and farther away from that it becomes so much clearer just how terrible that was. And one thing that I kept going back to all this year, both in terms of when Aaron Judge was hitting all the home runs, but also when the team was winning every game and they were having the walk-off wins constantly, these exciting, exciting walk-off wins. I would just think like, what if there were no fans here? What if this was 2020 again and no one was seeing this except for 
12 reporters and a couple people working the scoreboard. And it it, it, it really bummed me out. And it made me so relieved that that's in the past. I, I, I can't imagine. Obviously, it was only 60 games, but you know, a lot of people don't know how many discussions and how deep we were into discussions as we were planning for the 2021 season. We were planning for a potential season with no fans, a, a potential 162-game season with no fans. And I just think that if Aaron Judge had gone on that run and hit 61 home runs with no fans in the stands, just, you know, that that's a tree falling in the forest. And like, yeah, sure, you're, you're watching on TV, but it would have been so different. Everything that we do is made possible because fans care. And we can laugh sometimes at fans caring about some things that maybe we don't care about. We can, you know, get, frankly, a little bit concerned when fans care too much and end up saying stupid things and offensive things and all these things because they care about the wrong things, whatever. But this is an industry based on caring. And as obviously you need the players to care. You need the front offices to care, like you said, Al. All that stuff, of course, you need that if you're going to pursue a championship. But it doesn't matter if the fans don't care. So I, I just I, I come to Yankee Stadium and I see cars in the parking lot and I see fans in the seats and I see, you know, people lined up for hot dogs and beers and you hear just the sound of people milling about and getting ready for a baseball game. And that gets me excited again. And I don't want to say lucky, whatever. I, I will always be grateful in some ways to have in my memory bank the memories of 2020 and how bad everything is without fans and i just i will always be grateful i'm, I'm a capitalist you know this is a business we want people to buy our magazines we want people to buy stuff at the stadium so that our salaries get paid obviously you know take that for what it's worth but it it, it is why we do this though at the end of the day we are we are creating stuff for fans and if there weren't fans we wouldn't be able to create it so i'm Grateful for the fans. Uh, it's a great way to go out. I love it. And I also say, you know, we're to kind of piggyback on what you just said, John, you know, there's a lot of fan bases that are passionate. And I mean, really passionate. There's some that maybe are not uh, quite as passionate at, uh, as others. This one, I, it's hard to talk. It's hard to imagine them being any more passionate um, or any more robust in the number of people in New York City, in the tri-state area, in the country, and throughout the world that follow this team. And to kind of again piggyback on what you're saying, thank you to all of you guys because you're amazing. You really are. So let me recap this here, Al. Your five picks are Jose Trevino. Giancarlo Stanton's All-Star Game, Aaron Judge, <laughs> an unexpected third-round pick, Aaron Judge, <laughs> Nestor Cortez, and the Yankees' front office. My five picks, Matt Carpenter, Giancarlo Stanton's Grand Slam, the simple existence of perspective, Luis Severino, and fans. I mean, what a smorgasbord of thankfulness mm. that is. It's awesome. It really is. Awesome. Al, I'm also thankful for just everything that we get to do with the Yankees magazine, with the Yankees magazine podcast. It is a constant struggle in some ways, but a great kind of struggle to really try to find new things, new ways to do this stuff, new stories to tell. Sometimes it's harder than it seems because we've told so many stories already, the the three of us, me, you and Nate right now, but it's an honor and it's a joy. And, you know, among, among all these things that, uh, you know, I put out here, certainly I am, uh, grateful for the chance to keep doing this with you going into 2023. 
I feel the same way, John, and uh, and thank you for saying that, but right back at you. So this is, as we said, a, a really special time. I, I've, I've made the point before. I'll say it again. Thanksgiving is the best holiday. And if, like me, you sometimes feel a little queasy about when Thanksgiving ends and this, you know, just whole commerce nonsense just explodes all over the world, then I'm sorry for what I'm about to do. But Al, I do think it is important that we talk about starting at midnight, the day after Thanksgiving, we are launching our 2023 holiday offer for 2023 Yankees magazine holiday offer, I should say. And what it is, it's it's similar to years past, but you can't beat it. You couldn't beat it then. You can't beat it now. If you subscribe to Yankees magazine for 2023, we will give you two free Yankees tickets. I can't stress enough two free Yankees tickets. I want you to stop what you're doing, go online right now, and try to buy two Yankees tickets, and tell me if you find them for $34.99. Well, here we are going to offer you a subscription to Yankees Magazine for $34.99, plus you get two free Yankees tickets for 2023. It is a, a, a literally unbeatable deal, so I hope that you'll take advantage of it. I hope that you will subscribe for yourself. I hope you will subscribe for friends and family. It makes a wonderful, wonderful holiday gift. It is uh, just – you're, you're entitling whoever you give it to to a year of just really, really interesting and fun Yankees Magazine content plus, and I can't stress this enough, two Yankees tickets. If you are going to buy someone Yankees tickets for Christmas or for Hanukkah or for any other holiday, why not give them a subscription to Yankees Magazine with it? Again, that's going to launch on Friday, Black Friday. There are also some other little pieces of that. You can do some add-ins. You can add in a 2023 yearbook. You can add in a team photo. All that stuff is available at yankees.com slash publications or by calling 800-GO-YANKS. Please, please, please let us be part of your holidays. Let us keep doing this stuff. Your support is the reason we're able to keep trying new things, keep doing new things. And look, I just said I was thankful for you. So I think you kind of owe it to me at this point. <laughs> well said. Great. It's a it's an amazing deal. Our stories are going to continue to be the most in-depth, behind-the-scenes, great stories uh, that you'll find about the Yankees anywhere that hasn't changed in a long time and it ain't going to change next year. So get on board. Awesome. And this is going to be a big year for us. We're going to try some new things with these podcast feeds and everything like that. So I can't wait until we get into the new year and we can start going through some more of that stuff with you. But in the meantime, I, I wish every one of you just a truly, truly joyful, thankful Thanksgiving. I hope that your year fills you with things to be even more thankful for when you start doing this next year. I hope that we can have at the top of our lists for 2023, Al, a World Series championship. But more important than that, I hope that we can have great health for everybody, great happiness, great success for our families. And to, to, to you, Al, to Nate, who is on a much-deserved vacation today, and for literally everyone listening, I'm so grateful to you all. I'm so thankful for what we get to do. And I just hope that you know every one of us finds a lot to be thankful for in the coming 12 months. I feel the same way. And thank you. And to all of you, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. We are so grateful for you. We are thankful for you. We plan on telling all of our family about you at the Thanksgiving table. But sincerely, thank you. If you would like to get more Yankees Magazine, including the holiday offers that launch on Black Friday, please go to yankees.com slash publications or call 800-GO-YANKS. Again, a subscription to Yankees Magazine starting on Friday will come with two free Yankees tickets. That's a deal you're not going to beat anywhere else. Of course, please follow us on Twitter at Yanks Magazine and on Facebook at Yankees Magazine to stay up to date on all the offers we have coming out. 
and let us know how you're feeling. Write to us at podcast at yankees.com. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us what you'd rather we stop talking about. Certainly tell us what you're thankful for as well. Of course, our long-form content is online at yankees.com slash magazine, and we hope that you'll read it there. And finally, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, we hope you're subscribed. But if you're not, it's no better time than right now. Please, please, please go to the podcast app of your choice or yankees.com slash podcast and subscribe right now. That's another great thing you can tell everyone about at Thanksgiving table. Hey, what podcast do you listen to? Yankees Magazine podcast, right? That's what you should listen to. I'll give you a whole script if you need it. Again, just let me know and I'll take care of you. Please, please, please have a great holiday. Be safe. Be friendly. Be thankful. We'll speak to you soon. Go Yanks. Hey, this is Giancarlo Stan. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you rate and review us? And while you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe. Thanks so much and go Yankees.